our first yeah. trip together, we're <laughs> our travel every styles. Part, every our part travel of styles were so different. You said, "Let's go to dinner." You picked the place, so you picked kind of a, a almost a quasi swanky restaurant, and I showed up in a College Horizons T-shirt because <laughs> I was thinking Subway. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the second episode of the summer session of the Admissions Director's Lunchcast. I'm Tej here with Nathan, and we are excited to bring forward yet another extended interview. This one is going to be really fun. Nathan, can you tell us about it? Yeah, this one's with my good friend Jenny Gibson, and uh, we promised there. Well, there might be a few more Saint Norbert references in here. I can't. I can't absolutely <laughs> probably, that. probably, probably. But uh, we had to cut a whole section out that was about Jenny's uh, side business that actually she created to help pay for college, and there just wasn't enough time um, when it come down to the format. We came down to the format of the lunch cast, the hour long format. So. Um, there's some really good stuff in here and we kind of alluded to it in her original episode, but she, uh, the long and the short of it is she created a sock shop and makes homemade socks and basically paid for all three boys of college uh, through college with these socks. So it's a great story. Thought we needed to bring that to you. Maybe bring a little bit more business to her sock shop since she has one more year of tuition left to go. Um, but we thought this would be a good one for everybody to listen to over the summer. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it right now, and we will, as always, see you on the other side. All right, Tej, I am really, really excited uh, to introduce our first guest today on the LunchCast. Uh, Jenny Gibson is a really dear friend of mine. Got to know her through actually many summers up north in northern Wisconsin, and I worked with her quite a bit as she um, actually sent three of her sons um, through college. So, Jenny, welcome to the LunchCast. Thanks, Nathan. It's fun to spend some time with you. Great. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe give the listeners a little bit of a background um, through the college search of your sons? My, my husband and I were both state school, U University of Wisconsin graduates um, that had no idea how to put three boys through college. And um, after going through the admissions process three times with these with my boys, I feel now I'm ready to write a book about it. It was an experience. Um, and I feel very, after doing it three times, I've, I've gotten it down. I've seen good things. I've seen bad things um, when we've gone to colleges. And um, it's, been, it's been quite the experience over the years. Jenny, just a, a fun question. That book that you would write, what section of the bookstore would it be in? <laughs> uh, there's some that would be in the comedy section. <laughs> um, there would be some that would be in the suspense which college are you going to choose and why? Um, so yeah, there's, it would cover many sections of the bookstore. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> 
I like it. I like it. So maybe mm-hmm. multiple books. We could probably write multiple books at this point, I'm guessing. Yeah. And running two businesses. Yes. Two businesses and two and three kids through college. I can I can write a book. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially with the family businesses. All right. Well, let's get into some questions here about your experiences um, as a parent. And as you're speaking to our listeners who are emissions directors and emissions professionals, um, through the through the search, what stands out as a very successful tactic, maybe an event or some type of campaign that your that a college used to recruit your sons? Um, I talked to my boys today, and we went over what 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 were the good things that they that they had happened. And one of my sons, I think one of the most successful things I saw happen was from a college that we didn't choose, but it um, it it my boys were were swimmers and they were they were they were pretty decent swimmers and Ripon College sent um, a letter to all the athletes on the ski, on the swim team inviting them to the college for recruiting and Ripon was really smart i mean they sent it to all these kids that i'm sure were all headed to state schools and it was their first time ever being recruited and it gave every one of those kids on that team a feeling of accomplishment, of being recruited by somebody. Somebody wanted them. And I was so impressed after, you know, after all these years, my, my middle son talks about it. And he just, the feeling that it gave him that Rippon did that um, was really, and, and it, every one of those kids visited Rippon. I don't remember if any of them went to Rippon um, College, but they all... They all just were amazed that they that Rippon thought they were that important, that, and they took the three-hour trip to go to see Rippon. Um, so that was just one that I that I thought of. Jenny, could I ask? A, I'm I'm intrigued by sure. that. A couple follow-up questions, and and first of all, you know, Nathan and I know the folks at Rippon, and they just class acts, all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I would wonder as an admissions director is if you send that letter kind of making students feel recruited to too many students, I would worry that they would think it's a form letter and not take it seriously. Yeah. But it sounds like it didn't have that impact on these students. No, these two, the the swim team at our at our high school was really good. Um, and they were they headed to state. So they were recruiting kids that they um, they might have put on their swim team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so I don't think they I think what Rippon did that year was that they sent it out to all of the states, the kids that hit the, went to the state swim meet. I think that's what happened because later my kids talked to a lot of the other kids on the other, because they knew the kids on the other swim teams. And I think they covered every swim team that went to state that year. And, um, and I think they had a huge amount of swimmers that might've applied to Rippon that year. Yeah. But it felt personal. I mean, for some reason or another, even though the entire team knew they all got, they were all contacted by Rippon, somehow or another, those boys all felt like it was a personal connection. I mean, that's just fascinating and clearly something message worked. Yeah, they just felt honored. They felt appreciated. They felt recognized that this college would actually be recruiting them. And then they could go tell their friends, hey, Rippon is recruiting me. And it just gave them such a lift and it made all of them think about going to Rippon. I know my son, one of the son that got recruited, we did, he did apply to it and he did, we did visit. Um, So um, it was, it was just a special moment. Ben, my middle child, the the one that 
he also um, received a an award from um, St. Norbert for their um, for their scholarship program, and they actually had him. He got it from Ripon and from um, St. Norbert. He received their presidential award for their highest scholarship, and getting that award in the mail was just an affirmation that this college thinks I'm good enough for you know to come there. They're inviting me to get this award. It was just another tactic I saw, or not a tactic, but another way I saw of my I've been admissions honoring kids that are coming in and making them feel special and a connection to them. You know, I, I sometimes am a bit cynical about the world, so I'm going to take the next question. Uh, Jenny, can you think of a, anything that maybe was less successful of a tactic or anything that as a parent you would advise admissions directors to think twice about? Um, I would say, I, like I said, I've gone through a lot of different um, admissions times with these three boys through just about every uh, private school in Wisconsin, plus a few UWs. I do not, as a parent who's, who takes the time to, to drive to your school, want to go through a simple PowerPoint presentation at your school by somebody who's boring. I want to hear. Yeah. Good to know. I, I had a couple of these happen and the, the schools will go unnamed. But I had a couple times and one of the one of the schools did better one time than the first time with the first son than they did with the second son. When we vi I knew how special this school was because my oldest went to it. And we went back to the school a second time for my second son. And the difference between the two admissions, um, meeting the school and going through the admissions process was completely different. In fact, I sat in the back of the room when they were doing this very boring PowerPoint presentation in a very ugly room. Um, with parents in the back muttering, they want us to spend $54,000 for this experience? <laughs> I mean, you're asking a parent to spend over $200,000 on their kid over four years. And you need to give them an experience the first time they hit that school that is worth $200,000. And having a worn out, tired person I don't care if it's the first time at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, that uh, program that you're giving those parents needs to be to that level. Um, and this, the second time we went to that school, we did not see it. And I was in fact whispering to people in the back, this really is a good school because they're looking at it like this is, why are we here just having someone go through a PowerPoint, reading us a PowerPoint presentation? Um, you know, Jenny, that, I. That is always, you know, as an admissions director, that's our biggest fear that the person in front of a student or family, whether it's individually or a small group, just isn't on that day, right? Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. it's just yeah. maybe they had something going on at home. Maybe they're fed up with the job. Maybe they maybe they're not mm -hmm. passionate about the school or the students, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important. This would be my advice to admissions directors out there that want to avoid the experience that, that you just reckoned mm -hmm. is to make sure that your staff is empowered and comfortable raising their hand and saying, for whatever reason, I can't do it. I'm not the one today. Someone else is going to have to um, step in and that that everybody will kind of cover for each other because you're right. The person, especially if it's a group presentation, they need to know how to manage a crowd 
a mm-hmm. group. They need to know how to engage non-verbally and verbally, and they need to be they just need to be on. And when, when you're not, because you're tired, because you're overworked, because you've, you've done four mm-hmm. of these presentations already, you know, the family can't, can't see it. Right. And, and if we've traveled, you know, we've taken the time out of our life to come to that college and traveled there and taken the time out of school for some of the kids, um, just making sure that each time you're giving that $200,000 or you know, whatever it is, presentation, um, the other thing that I saw that was really successful, um, I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, St. Norbert College knows how, to, they they did an ama- amazing job every time that we visited, and two of my boys went to St. Norbert. Um, they Every time we were there, every one of their admissions persons was a graduate of that school, and they had the year that they graduated. Um, so you knew that you were talking to somebody who had an experience at that college. Um, and they also made sure that they lined you up with somebody who was from your area. So that admissions person that I dealt with at St. Norbert was from the town that I grew up in. Funny enough, I actually babysat for her and changed her diapers when she was little. (laughs) I mean... How much more uh, personal can it get? Because that admissions counselor, you need to feel comfortable with. That's what I've learned over the years. And you need to feel like they're on your side and um, and that they really are telling you what it's like. Um, they know your area and they know, um, and they almost know your kid because they are from the area that you're from. Um, and I think St. Norbert does an amazing job with that. Um, really connecting with the parents, uh, with their, with their admissions counselors. I have to say that's probably a level that, um, all admissions directors would dream about that they would get to get down <laughs> to that point that they'd, you know, be able to connect to somebody that you babysat, you know, to the parents, but, um, you know, and, and that's really wonderful that they're able to do that, especially a school that primarily recruits within, within the state. Um, and they're able to, you know, to be able to make those connections. Um, you know, one of the things that like at a school at the institution I'm at, we do recruit um, nationally. And so the odds that we're going to be able to find somebody that goes yes. down to that level are not great. But I liked what you were saying about at least understand the area, even if they're not from the area, that they understand that they've been to the area that can, it all comes down to relating to the student, right? At the end of the day, you felt a connection. Is that what you're, is that what you're kind of getting at? Yeah. Um, connecting. Oh, the, the, the thing I wanted to bring up was um, the counselor who I was dealing with. Uh, I had two of my boys that were looking at going to that college. By the time I got to my third son, my second and third son both went to St. Norbert. And um, when I was talking to her, I said, boy, I'm debating whether, is it a good idea for, you know, two kids to go to the same college? And she could, she opened up, she related to me that, you know what, she and her brother also went to St. Norbert to, as mm. well. And she brought with it, she just connected with me in that, you know, her own experience going to St. Norbert and going there with her brother and how they had two completely separate experiences at St. Norbert, even though they were there at the same time. Um, and so she just really did a really nice job of that and connecting. And that's where I'm saying the admissions person really needs to connect coming so that you're, you don't feel like just a number, one more person that's gone through their office that day. I was very impressed with how she connected with 
with with with us in her experience at St. Norbert. And that's where I think the the advantage of having graduates of your school being in your admissions department. Um, I, I think kudos to them for doing it because I think it really made the admissions pr process very personal. I, I think it's worth pointing out this episode of the Lunchcast is not actually sponsored by St. Norbert College. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but we would accept Sorry. the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about financial aid. I'm going to move on here. And um, I mean, a common perception for us as admissions professionals and admissions directors, when we're, we're creating strategy, um, looking at how to spend resources and when to engage parents, we're, we're thinking that parents are always in like really most focused on financial aid. And, and we know that is the case, but do you think that there is an optimum time to reach out to parents during the college search search process that maybe isn't the financial aid process? Talk to us a little bit about your experiences and when you think is a good time um, beyond the visit, like you described already, but any other time would be a good time to reach out yep. to parents? Um, I think right away, um, just so that we have an idea. And also, especially if you're a private school um, making sure parents know that there is support for you because Nathan will remember talking to me many years ago down at the beach. And um, I was, you know, I'm a UW, UW a University of Wisconsin graduate. Um, and my kids were going to be University of Wisconsin graduate. There's no way that we could afford private school. And he was just like, no, Jenny, really, you need to come and visit and see the difference um, at what we're offering and that there, 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 there is help there for parents to be able to afford it. And I didn't believe it. And <laughs> three kids later and two private schools later, um, I, I think having that right up front conversation and so many parents that I talk to, I, you know, I see my kids went, went to private schools in Wisconsin and um, they're like, how did you afford that? And I'm like, and I like to walk these parents through the fact that it, you can do it. And so that's why I'm saying, making sure parents know coming to your school, it's not elitist. Regular people come to these colleges <laughs> um, because I think there's that myth out there that you can't afford it. And I'm sure at UWs, it's there too or at state schools, um, but being really upfront with parents that there are avenues, there are ways to get through this. So I think bringing it up to me, bringing it up in that first initial um, time that you're with the parents so that they know what they're getting into and being upfront. You know, Jenny, one of the, the counselors I worked with um, at a previous college, Alex made a very specific point to reach out to parents as soon as the students applied and not just a kind of an automated form email, but an, a phone mm -hmm. outreach to the parent to introduce himself. And he, mm -hmm. he, one, was the best in the office at that was my perception. And two, always just found that to be an incredibly valuable way to get more insight on the students and to ultimately guide them through. And his perception was developing the relationship before the financial aid package came out allowed for parents to be much more um, open and, and direct with Alex when financial aid came out. Does that reflect true in your experience? Um, I think parents need to, yeah, you need to see what's good about the college so that you can weigh if this is worth it or not. Is that, is the experience that they're telling me my son or daughter is going to get here, 
so I need to know what that is. What what makes your college so special that I would then want to talk to your financial aid person to find out if we can afford this? So yes, I I guess showing us the carrots first softens the blow later. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I don't think it's it. I don't think it's too unlike what you do um, as a, as a business person either, Jenny, mm -hmm. right? Like you right. own a resort yeah. in Northern Wisconsin mm -hmm. and you do a lot of promotion on social media. Mm -hmm. You have a glorious website that you're constantly improving. Um, mm -hmm. You don't immediately put your rates on the homepage and say, here's how much it's going to be for a week in one of my cabins. You know, Right. right. Um, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you the pretty pictures first. Um, right. So, and, and the experience that you can have, I, I have a blog on my website about, um, about what it's like here at the resort. And I think that's kind of the same as what you do at a college. You want me to see all the, the you want me to see all the nice buildings. You want me to see, you know, um, what, uh, what makes your college special. I know one of the colleges my boys went to had a really great English program. And that was one of the first things and my that my my oldest son was really wanted to be challenged academically, and that English program um, was an amazing was was really the pull for that one college, and it you got to put the hook there you got to set the hook and then see if the see see if the fish come. You, you said you have a lake resort. <laughs> <laughs> Everything relates to the yes, the resort and getting these boys through college. <laughs> I like it. I think there's a lot of similarities. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's really as as you know, somebody that spent most of um, their career in um, private higher education, um, it is really trying to explain and make that personal connection, um, mm -hmm. but also talk to um, somehow relate to people, and I've I've experienced this when I've done financial aid counseling. Relate to people that it is a business. We're not going to give away education for free. Nobody does right. in the states. Right. You know that's not going to happen. Um, but there's resources available. Um, there's there's discounts available. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't like to use that term in admissions, mm -hmm. and it's probably teach is probably cringing right now. Yep. Um, but there, but that's how it is. It's still a business. We still have to pay our expenses on the college side. Um, mm -hmm. just like you have to pay your expenses at the resort. And sometimes you have to offer a discount to fill a cabin in the middle of February or something, you know, like that's how you approach it, but making the connection is key. And I really mm -hmm. think that that's one of the advantages, um, that colleges can continue to drill down in and how do you make that personal connection and how do you um, have the students see themselves um, at the school, much like you're trying to get your guests to see themselves staying at your resort for a week. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, you know, and, and at college is a lot, is a lot about traditions too. And I, I said to my boys, I said, well, you know, as I talked to them earlier today, what, you know, what made you pick the colleges? And they said, sitting, well, I think both of them, two of the three I talked to, and both of them said, sitting down and just watching everybody walk past um, gave them a feel for if this college was right for them. Um, mm -hmm. And the, the traditions, I, one of my sons was really talking about the traditions and the high academic standards at the college that he chose. And, um, 
really connecting with that. That was what was important to him. Um, but the, my other son sat at that same school and he was like, no skinny jeans and blue hair is not what I want uh, <laughs> to surround myself with for four years. You reminded me of a really good piece of advice I learned from the National Small College Enrollment Conference a while back, which if you're an admissions director listening at a college under a thousand students, you should definitely go here. But what one of the things they did is the the tour guide, there were two parts to the campus tour. It was still under an hour and your tour should always be under an hour, no matter how big your campus is. But the Oh God, the, yes. The tour needs to be under an hour. Never go over an hour. You lost me if you do that. Yes. Oh yeah. yes. Thank you. Yes. Do not ever do that. Listen, no matter what faculty are saying, no matter what other campus departments are saying, one hour is your limit. But they would start send the student off on a with a tour guide who would go through, I think it was the academic buildings, and then they would stop in the campus center and they would sit down and they were sitting for about five, anywhere from five to 10 minutes waiting for the second tour guide who would then pick them up and take them through the the kind of the student life side of campus, if you will. And they reflect they reflected back at the, at the conference about how great it was for the students to just be able to sit there and see a bunch of students, their peers that kind of going by. And it sounds like, you know, none of the colleges did that exact thing with, with your son, but that experience of just sit there and just watch, take it in and see who's there to see if you, you feel a connection. Yeah. And that really helped uh, my, my second son who was debating whether to follow his oldest brother. Uh, it really gave him a feel that, no, this was not right for me. And it was the right, to, it was, it was really the right choice for him to go um, where he went um, and not go to school at the same school as his brother um, because he wouldn't have fit in. Um, and, uh, but yeah, just sitting in the midst amongst the school, living, giving those kids a chance to sit in somewhere quietly on the campus and just see, are these my people? Or is the diversity here what I'm looking for? Um, one of my sons was looking for diversity and boy, he found it on the one campus that he went to. And um and uh, it was a great experience for him, and he sure fit in there well. So, Jenny, one thing I, I wonder is after your sons had committed it and kind of confirmed their enrollment deposit, what do you wish would have happened next that didn't? Um, <laughs> you're going to love this, Teague. Nothing. I was so tired at that point that I didn't want to hear from the school. <laughs> I, it. it was four three to four months worth of torture of where is this child going to school, ACTs and everything else. And the decision was made. I didn't want to know anything else except for where is he going? Um, when is he going? And uh, what's the final cost? Um, that might be one thing that I want to know. I, you know, that was one thing that I noticed. It took a while to find out exactly what the, we, what we were going to owe. Um, and when we were going to owe it, that was very important to me uh, because we were on a budget and we still are. Uh, we have two more semesters to go to pay for for the for the uh, the youngest. So, yeah, maybe that's what I wanted to know right away after um, after they signed is when, where and how do I drop off the money and the kid? <laughs> so it's a little bit like daycare all over again. When are you yeah, taking them yeah. and how much do I got to pay you? That's what I want to know because I've I've gone through the senior year with him. He's I, I dearly love him, but it's time for him to go. 
Can I can I just do ask a follow up question about the cost? Um, were there any surprises once you did get that final cost compared to what you had seen as an estimate earlier in the process, or was it pretty much on par with what um, you're expecting? It was pretty much on. It was pretty much on. Um, but I didn't. I, I, I'm remembering, and even now, sometimes it the 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 final price goes sometimes to the kids' email and not to the parents' email. Uh -huh. And I know that's got to do with some rules. Um, but sometimes it's hard to see that final, that final number. And were there any surprises in it? Um, uh, not really. I don't think so. That's good to know. That's good to know. And, and kudos to both the institutions that they went to that there weren't any surprise charges or something along the lines. Cause we've heard horror stories, of course, in, in higher ed. So, yeah. okay. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you got the kids into daycare. Oh, it's college, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and how you paid for it throughout their their whole experience. And I, I of course know your personal story, but I think it's one that's really interesting to share um, for our listeners. And because because paying for college really is a constant concern of parents, and they're looking ahead to all four years. Um, tell us your story about how you tackled this without completely disrupting your finances, your livelihood, and everything else. Does that make sense? Would love to hear that story for our listeners. Yeah, I worried about how to put my boys through college since the day they were born. Uh, you know, you hear about it, and it is this big, scary gorilla as a parent that you just don't know how to get your head around. And I I had a hard time for many years getting my head around it. I put all the change in the kids' accounts, and I'd any extra money, we'd put it in some special accounts for the boys. Um, but us, it was it was completely by chance. My uh, my youngest, or my sorry, my oldest was just getting ready to decide where he was going, and we were just getting ready to look at that college bill. And I happened to see on a blog a sock machine. A sock machine is a knitting machine um, from a hundred years from a hundred years ago. Um, they're called circular sock machines, and I saw it. And it intrigued me. And I've been a knitter my whole life. And all of a sudden, I looked at it. And I we had a tax return that year. And I could have taken that tax return. And I talked to my husband. We could take it and put it into the bank, into, into, into Jake's college fund that we knew was going to come up. Or I could invest it on eBay for $1,400 and buy myself a sock machine. I looked at him. And he looked at me. And I said, I think I can do something with this. So I pushed the buy it button on eBay and bought myself a hundred year old circular sock machine. I looked online, I found out how to use it because you can find anything you want to know on YouTube. Um, and who knew that you could learn how to use a hundred year old sock machine on YouTube, but I, I did. And I spent a month swearing at that machine when it first came, dropped a lot of stitches, started to wonder if I had really made the right decision. And lo and behold, the first sock came out of the machine and uh, my oldest son pr promptly confiscated it to wear it. Um, I said, no, I think I can sell it. So the next thing you know, I've got warm socks coming off the machine. And at the same time at our resort, we were going through a remodel and we decided to build a gift shop at the resort. So the two things came together and all of a sudden I have a rack full of socks out in my sock shop. And I told my husband, I really think this can make a difference in how we send Jake through college and the other two that were younger yet. Um, and uh, putting two and two together, that sock machine has now 
put two, two, three boys through college with two semesters to go for the youngest one. It has made such a world of difference. It took my stress level off. Finding a side gig that I enjoyed and I loved, which I love, I love knitting and I love making socks. And um, it really made a difference in our lives and took the stress off of me for how to pay for college. I All the profits from the sock machine, I went to craft fairs. I sold them out of, the, out of our gift shop. Um, I now sell them online at jennysockshop.com. If you need any good socks out there in the admissions world, all admission people need good socks. And I think one of the greatest things you actually, I think the you you bought a couple more machines. I, I don't I don't think it was just one machine, but it became enough of a business. Um, Nathan, the, Nathan, don't tell my husband, but we now own ten, we now own ten sock machines. <laughs> Got your own flotilla of sock machines, um, but the boys were involved too, right? I mean, the boys were cranking on the sock machines for a while there, on the, and during the summer. Oh yeah, I didn't let I did not let those boys off the hook. They, uh, if they wanted the keys to the car, they had to crank me out a scarf. Um, they, they knew after not too long um, how to how, how to help me. They they helped uh, they helped me tear down at craft fairs and set up at craft fairs, and um, they gave their arms quite a workout helping me crank a few things out um, whenever I asked for help. I, I think it's genius, and I, I really applaud your ingenuity. But um, have you seen any, you know, in in your circles up there, any other good examples um, of side hustles? Since I'm sure not everybody has the courage to take on a hundred year old sock machine and, and live to tell the tale. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've talked to a lot of. I see a lot of parents through our resort, mm -hmm. um, and um, there's a lot of them out there. They, you know, you'll find those ones that are. They, they find their side hustle, and that's always my recommendation to parents. Um, you know, what do you enjoy, and and turning it into a hobby that 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 that, that does pay off. Have I? Uh, oh, I know one maple syrup. There's a family in um, that comes to the resort, and they uh, they they make and sell maple syrup. Oh, two families. Now that I think about it, two families selling maple syrup to help their kids' education fund. Um, so anyway, I I just think where there's a will, there's a way. Um, and um, telling parents to you know be creative. And I've always thought, is there a way that colleges, if they do know that people have got a nice side hustle like my little sock business, you know, to do a little promotion on the St. Norbert site, or not St. Norbert, on their college site to say, hey, these are businesses supporting us kid going to college, you know, if I, I, as, an, as a parent with a side hustle, I'd really love it if a college would help me out with that, and <laughs> help me promote it to some other parents. You know, Jenny, what I, what I love most about that story, right, because... If, if not everybody can can find a sock machine and and have a, a place for the sock shop but what i love about it is what you're saying is what do you like to do and is there a way essentially to monetize that um mm -hmm. which is which is cool do you yeah and the other thing i was gonna say is we all sit on the couch at night and we watch tv mm -hmm. well when i sit on the couch at night I am watching, listening to the TV, but I'm also enjoying what I'm doing and helping pay for the kids' college education. We all have three hours at night that we're sitting on the couch. Well, fill it. Do something creative that you enjoy um, during your downtime, and then it's not a job, and it gets your kids through college, and it might help your kids get through college. 
You know, and it's and worth it, noting you have Elf on the Shelf socks here, and uh, Elf on the Shelf <laughs> scarf. Do you have? I can cut this. Uh, I will. I will cut the part referring to me cutting it. But do you have the ability to do promo codes? Could we do a promo code? Promo code? Um, I don't okay, know. Never mind. <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Jenny said. knows what a promo code is. That's but... okay. Yeah. I know what a promo code is, but I have no idea. I probably on my website I have a way of doing it, it's but okay. I don't. I have not figured that out yet. It's kind of like pre-arrival emails. It's probably in there. I just haven't figured it out yet. Nathan. It's all right. Okay, I'll stop. Go ahead, Nathan. Well, Tej, you don't have to put this in, but I just finally have been applauding her because she got automated email confirmations for the reservations before oh. it was in a book. And it took, um, I think she left the, the written paper book at the Save More one too many times in Manaqua uh, <laughs> for her to finally realize that she needed to make everything electronic with the reservations. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll talk, maybe put me in touch with Grant and we can do a promo code with the podcast. So basically, Jenny's sock is the word lunch cast when they buy something like part okay. of your profits go to you or end to us and stuff like that so that's what he's talking about yeah 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 i just don't know how to do it right but i'm sure it's in there it's it's a mystery little tab that i just haven't discovered it was like like i said when i discovered the pre-arrival email tab it was an amazing epiphany i think also one of the greatest things about your story jenny though is the like you talked about the three hours on the couch you know, your oldest boy went to school. You still had two younger boys right after that that were filling the house with activities and energy. There's some parents that have mm -hmm. an only child or something along those lines where they're, or they're maybe sending twins to school and the house feels very empty. And this is a maybe another, um, another side benefit of having something to do and fighting that empty nest syndrome a little bit. So I think there's there's a lot of wind here um, for sure. And I really appreciate you telling your story. Yeah, and it, it it really became a family project. I think that might be something important to, and and the boys took ownership. Here, here we go. The boys took ownership of their education, and it made them appreciate their education that they got because they knew what it took to put them through college. They saw everything that I did and what they helped me to do, and that made my boys, when they hit college, not screw around. <laughs> they appreciated it because they helped they helped um they helped my they they helped they helped me to get to that point to be they helped me in the sock shop to get them to, to school they I'm, I'm i'm my mouth and my tongue are not working um i think we got enough there you got, i think you're you got yeah, enough I think there we got enough that they contributed <laughs> to the education yeah they can see it through I, I think putting something in there about kids taking because i think that that makes a big difference in how they once they get to college how they react at college they weren't just given college right do you know what i'm saying and i think that's that's a whole other podcast um but to having having that side gig make them feel the ownership take over the ownership of what it takes to get to college well jenny this has been a pleasure for sure um any other uh pearls of wisdom that maybe we we missed here anything you would maybe um you wouldn't tell a college admissions director during the tour but maybe if you had somebody listening now any other things we missed 
Um, oh, I got one for you. Are you ready? Well, this will get me the sweatshirt from St. Norbert for free. Um, they have a comfort dog there. Um, that that may seem like a hokey thing to have a comfort dog at a college, but you know what? That's one of the biggest things that they talked about on uh, on the tours was this comfort dog, and it really just uh, something for the kids. Um, well, I think one of the most important things for an admission counselor to know is, you know, you are asking parents to make this $200,000 commitment to your school. Give me a reason, you know, give me as a parent a reason why. Um, the thing that always made me feel so good about each time that the boys chose their school is I felt and I that, that the school told me enough about the safety nets that would be there for my kids at their school, whether it was for their personal safety, their education, if they were stumbling, those admissions people let me know what those safety nets were for my kids so that when I dropped them off in September, I knew they would be taken care of where they were as well as I would. Um, so I think that's something you also have to think of as an admission. When you're asking me to spend that amount of money at your college, um, something to think about. Great advice from yes, an experienced thank parent. Thank you, Jenny. Um, if folks need to get in touch with you, how is the best way to get in touch with you? And please promote the sock shop one more time. We, <laughs> we want to make sure our listeners take a visit. You want to help me pay for college? www.jennysockshop.com. It has the best socks in the country. Uh, I'd like to think. And if you need to escape in this age of COVID and get to get a little uh, little sanity in this world, Black's Cliff Resort, www.blackscliff.com is a great place to come see the sock shop and get a little peace just like Nathan does every summer. And let me just attest, contrary to popular belief, northern Wisconsin is a fantastic place to be in the winter. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Well, folks, I hope you really enjoyed that episode of the summer session of the LunchCast. Um, extended cuts are always great, and I hope you gained something that maybe you didn't hear in the first go around. So, Tiggy, uh, I think we are going to call it. Uh, yeah, you know, we're going to call it a wrap here on this extended episode. And uh, just so everybody knows, we're going to come back in the fall with season two. We're working on it right now. But until then, I'm Nathan. I'm Tej. And this is the LaunchCast. Thanks, folks. Do you remember when you got the, the what was it, the iced cappuccino at the truck stop? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we're not right. talking about that.